Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Top of the morning, everybody. Good morning. Happy Thursday, February 17th. Still pretty chilly out there. Minus 16 right now, warming up to plus four. Bit of snow. She's, uh, <laughs> I'm just reading the the, uh, the chats in the live app here. She's, Gabby's talking about Edmonton, Edmonton area. Uh, that's where we're broadcasting live every morning, Monday to Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain time. Um, you can join in live or listen to the recorded versions. But I mean, ideally you want to join in live and uh, get involved. I mean, there's, if you hop on the Podbean app, um, you can listen live, you can interact with other investors, you can click the call in button, you can ask your questions. Um, or you can message in the chat, your questions. Uh, that's what I'm just I'm giggling about right now. I'm just Indeed. reading all I'm reading all the messages in the chat. Jared has made himself known that he is here this morning. Jared is here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, too funny. Too funny. Um, what's going on, Gabby? What are we up to today? Well, what, what you know, let's we, don't, we haven't talked. I about... was just about to say that we haven't talked about like what we have going on or like anything. What's just like just day to day kind of stuff in a long time. We've been uh, we had a few guests, yeah, and then we started focusing on people's questions, mm -hmm. and uh, we haven't talked about us very much. Yeah, I mean, like on my end, I'm 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 filling vacancies and stuff, so. And dealing with, you know, like the people who have moved out and um, cleaners and handymen and terrible statement all of accounts. Sounds, all sounds terrible. <laughs> statement of accounts. And then trying to fill the vacancies. I have, so I have two vacancies left. Uh, thankfully, at the same property it makes it easier to do viewings. So a main floor and a basement suite. I'm actually going to do a couple more viewings this afternoon. Um, and I, I did get some applications in yesterday from my good. viewings on I saw Tuesday. some emails coming through. Yeah. It's kind of frustrating though, because, um, one of them isn't like a home run qualified, like, um, single mom, two kids, um, a lot of like income support kind of stuff. So trying to sift through those documents and determine income and all that kind of stuff is a little bit more challenging. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, it's like um, a husband, a wife, and a, and a kid, and they both make really good incomes, and you think it should be a home run, but she's being very, um, I don't want you to call my employer. Like, she's just changing jobs. She's moving from a different city, yeah. and she's like, I don't want you to call my employer. Um I, I like just like putting up these roadblocks. Um, I can't remember what the oh, um, we own our house, so I don't have landlord references. I'm like, okay, well, you can send a, a current mortgage statement or something to show us that you own your your home. Yeah. And then the other one, like because like her her application was like almost blank, like it had income, it had her name and her like personal details, and then it was yeah. just basically blank. Yeah. And so I was like, we're gonna need some information if you want me to process this application. And um, and then the final one was the credit report. We had talked about because her and her husband both have really good credit so we had talked about um about her not wanting to pull a, a credit report and i'm like no it's a, it's a soft pull like it, it it's okay like it doesn't affect your credit and yada yada and um then in part in part of her message back she's like i i can't do a hard credit pull like i i can't do that right now at my new job because she's in the banking industry she's like my new job is going to be pulling credit i can't have two credit credit pulls on my thing she's in the what industry banking Oh, they said baking. No, banking. Yeah. So okay. she's like throwing up all these roadblocks that is just like red flag, red flag, red flag. And I'm well, like, shit. Like they were like, they were kind of like my home runs. Well, today, <laughs> today I wanted to, I want to talk about a little bit wholesaling today, but I think this is a really good thing. I, this is a good topic as well to get into. So um, for those of you guys that are uh, just tuning in, um, I, I put a, I put a message out yesterday asking, you know, what on social media, what topics you guys want to talk about. And wholesaling was the first one that came up. So that is something we're going to get into today. But to be honest, this is actually a topic that I really want to dive a little bit deeper into because um, I always try and put myself in uh, 
I always try and look at through the lens of when I was first getting started with real estate investing. And when you say those things, I'm curious, you know, Gab, why don't you just believe her? She's telling you, Hey, I can't do that. I can't, I, I don't have any landlord references. Okay. Why don't you just believe her? Um, I don't, uh, what was the other one? I, I can't get, I don't I, want you to call my employer. I don't want you to call my employer because I'm switching jobs. I'm switch. I'm in the banking industry. So you can't pull my credit either. And even though you explained it, that it's a, it doesn't affect it's an Equifax, <laughs> you know, or a single key and it doesn't do a hard, uh, hard, you know, a hard check. She's still saying no. Mm-hmm. And her application was empty. So why why don't you just believe her? Because those are typical lies that a bad tenant with bad credit, bad landlord references, and no job would say. <laughs> so if someone had shitty landlord references and terrible credit, and what was the other one? Didn't want you to call their job. And, or no job. And no job. <laughs> What story would they tell? Yeah. <laughs> right? That story. Yeah. So you do have to verify that all yeah. of those things are correct. And, and you know what? If she if she just didn't if if it if it is all true and she sends me a current mortgage statement that has her and her husband's name on it and their property address and all that kind of stuff, <clears> great. <throat> If she sends me her, because so she's, she, all she's doing is moving from, um, from a branch. She works at a bank, um, in another city, she's moving from a branch to a branch here. So it's not like she's changing employers or like anything like that. So like there shouldn't be a reason why she doesn't want me to call the employer. So anyways, I was like, if oh, you can, really? yeah. So it's like, if you can show your, um, your transfer letter and, um, and some current pay stubs that just show me like your income level and like what the transfer is going to look like. That's fine too. I don't need to call your employer. Show me those mm-hmm. documents. If you can show me, um, what was the other one? Oh, the bad credit. And then, yeah, like there, there it's, it's a soft pull. So there's no excuse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, you're going to write an email completely different. We've learned this throughout the years. You're going to write an email completely different than I'm going to write an email, but I, it, in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, I'm going through the what ifs, but there's also the what if, what if she's telling the truth mm-hmm. and there's a solid applicant mm-hmm. that is just slipping through the cracks. Because uh, I'm asking for all these documents. Because, yeah. you know, is it, is going to go somewhere else because you're, in her mind, she's owned a home for years. She's never dealt with renting. You know, maybe she moved in with her husband just right out of, um, high school yep. and they bought a place or maybe their you know who, their mom or dad bought them a place and they, they never rented or never dealt with something like that and they're like this is ridiculous i'm not letting them pull my credit that's not like you know that might seem ridiculous to them yeah and they're gonna but what i'm realizing you know at the same time is that they're gonna run into this exact same issue with any other yeah landlord well i don't want to say qualified landlord but yeah. like so, so, mm, reasonable landlord. <laughs> um, and eventually they're either going to give in and realize, okay, I guess this is just the norm or they're going to settle on some shitty landlord who doesn't pull checks. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. And the other thing was that um, her husband's application didn't come through. I was like, I'm also going to need your husband's application. So anyways. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We, I'm like, we, dang it, come on. <laughs> so we did a masterclass um, last year, I think it was. And it was all about finding great tenants fast, right? Yeah. And my thought process for the whole screening process is move quick, move fast, and get them to sign on the line that's dotted, right? Mm-hmm. How do we... I, I, I don't think that they, I think that they would slip past on this one. And I'm yeah, trying to figure out like. I would like, be okay with that though. I know. I know, but it's also not okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like we should be auditing ourselves and auditing our process on how how do we make sure that good applicants like that don't slip through. And not, I, I keep saying slip through and I'm not like slip through and get approved. I mean, like slip, slip past. And then like, you know, we, we don't, we don't get an application or we don't get, 
um, we don't properly, um, you know, uh, screen them because of that. So my thoughts would be to, to explain it to them that, hey, these are the three things that we need to verify in order to, to approve you. We need to verify affordability. We need to verify that you have good credit because we need to know that you're going to make the payments. Mm -hmm. We need to know you can afford the payments. We need to know that you can make the payments and that you have made payments. And what's the last one? I keep forgetting the third. Credit. No, that was, that was credit. Job. Sorry. Huh? Her job. Affordability. Like... What was it? The three things that you, she wouldn't give you. Oh, job. And we need to confirm, like affordability is part of, you yeah. know, confirming your job as yeah. well. We need to confirm your job. We need to confirm that, that oh, oh your reference. Yeah. <laughs> reference. And we need to confirm that, um, you know, you, you're not leaving, you haven't left a, a, a messy trail behind you of all of these landlords that you screwed over. Yeah. Um, we need to verify these three things. Yeah. And if you can't provide us, you ha like, you have to provide us something. Look at it from our perspective, mm -hmm. Mr. or Mrs. Tenant. Like you, you're, you're not giving us anything and just basically. Literally all she gave me was, her, was name. her name, her contact information and her supposed income. Yeah. Like that was it. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's just a very simple email. Like I think that, you know, after, did you meet her? Uh, so she's in a different city. So we did a virtual viewing. After meeting you. I think it'd be a perfect fit, but these are the three things that I need to verify. Mm -hmm. And I need you to give me something to prove that you can afford it, that you have a gainful employment when you move here and that you have good credit. Mm -hmm. That's, I need those things from you. Yeah. I think if you explain it the right way, it should be like, okay, that makes sense. Rather than like you just asking for a bunch of different random things. Yeah. Because okay. That, then send this. Okay. Then send that. Yeah. Going back to that masterclass that we did on finding tenants fast, you know, I, I'm trying to do the opposite of what other of what shitty landlords are doing and also what over the top sophisticated landlords are doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes there's way too many barriers put up for tenants hoops to jump through and do this and do that and prove yourself. This is our personal opinion. Yes. <laughs> this is our personal opinion. And this is not a, a debate about how people do things. Everybody do your own, do it your own way, but this is just how we do it and how we found success. Um, you guys, we have had way more really great tenants than we have the few bad ones that you've heard about, about lately. <laughs> yeah. We only talk, we only about, talk the about the bad ones. You never hear good news on the radio <laughs> or, or, or on the... On the... We've had some incredible tenants, actually, that I'm very sad. Uh, moved on to purchasing houses and yeah. Yeah. So what a lot of sophisticated real estate investors are doing are putting in all these systems and processes to make sure that you screen tenants thoroughly and it what the outcome that they're trying to achieve is, is that the least amount of time you spend on it as, as possible. Mm -hmm. So if anyone wants to come and see your place, you need them to fill out an application and send in an Equifax report before they can see the place. Yeah. Right. So this tenants responding to three people, they're responding to, well, let's say two people, they're responding to my ad and they're responding to that other investor's ad. And they say, hey, hello, I'm interested in seeing this place. You know, it's the standard click, you know, hi, I'm interested. Is this available? So the other landlord is saying, okay, um, here's a link to an application. Please fill this out. Please send in your Equifax and tell, tell me, me about yourself. And give me a one or two paragraphs about yourself, your dogs, your kids and everything about you, what you do for work and why you've chosen this suite. And why, why you're moving. Why, 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 <clears throat> what, okay. why, who. Yeah. And then. We and they normally get back to that person within what 15 minutes to an hour, yeah. Gabby and I we respond within 30 seconds. Sure, when would you like to come see it? Big difference, big difference, right? Because that we've they're like, oh wow, this is amazing, yeah, I'd love to see it on uh Tuesday. Or, or Friday, sorry, today's Thursday, on Friday. Okay, cool. Um, I can definitely show it to you on Friday. I am going to actually be there today, this afternoon, if you'd like to come and see it today, just to see if we can get them in sooner, right? I want to get them in as quickly as possible. I want them to commit to it. And then from there, I once they've confirmed the time, then I'll say, okay, look, let's save some time. You know, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Mm-hmm. 
before I've given them an address before. Yeah. After now they're excited about coming to see the place right away. And now you're emotionally committed to it. Yeah. Actually, that's uh, one of the viewings today. Like what you said is exactly how it played out. Like to a T. I got him. He was really excited about it. I got him booked in for the next day Mm -hmm. um, because unfortunately this property is 45 minutes away from us. So I can't just like drop and go. Um, and yeah, got it booked in, got it confirmed with the tenant. Cause I also have to give 24 hours notice. This one isn't vacant. Yeah. And, um, yeah, got it confirmed. And then I was like, Hey, by the way, I haven't asked <laughs> who are you? What do you do? And like that kind of thing. And he mm-hmm. just like, and he divulged so much information. He like, he did send a yeah. few paragraphs and said like, and he was, he's like, is there anything else you want to know? Like all I'm totally transparent. Like, let me know if you have any other questions. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, boom. Yeah, I'm excited it, to show it to him. Actually, he seems like really good. Yeah. That's awesome, and that's not always the way that it works out. But no. what if you throw up all of these layers of friction? Like, I need you to do this. I need you to do this. I need you to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and all they want to know is, is, is this place good? And can I get in to see it? And if, if you're the type of person that just responds very quickly and makes it easy and seamless, that's what that's the that's the service that we're trying to provide. We're trying to make it as quick and easy as possible because tenants. Just like when you're buying a car, just like when you're buying, you know, like when you're trying to figure out, like time is is one of the most valuable resources and people are starting to realize it now in society that they just want things fast. They want the food delivered to the door. They don't want to go drive down to Dairy Queen for ice cream anymore. They want it delivered to the door in 15 minutes. You know what I mean? I don't want to leave the couch. I don't want to pause the movie. So same thing with like finding a suite, you know, they're responding to 20 places. They're trying to book a bunch of viewings and then hopefully through these 20 places that they responded to and the viewings that they, they hopefully can get them all done on Saturday. They want to have a place chosen and they want it done. They don't want to spend any more time on it. So if you're fast and responsive and you make it seamless and easy, you are going to seem way more appealing than everybody else is putting in all these layers of friction. Now that doesn't mean that we're not still doing all that diligence. We're just telling them to commit. Changing to the time. order. Yeah. We're just changing the order slightly, <laughs> right? We're just we're just way more appealing than everybody else. I'm still asking for all of these things. Now we don't do an application before the viewing. I mean, that's just you know what? If you're going to be a property manager, that's just that's just part of the business. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um. So you don't like it, hire it out. Yeah. There has been cases where we have. I mean, when we were in the <laughs> thick of COVID. Um, I was, and we had appropriate properties where I knew we could get away with it, like single family home types of properties. I was doing pre-approvals with just quick online applications, just like a Google Google form Mm -hmm. um, took two minutes to fill out. Um, I wasn't asking for like credit reports and stuff, just send me your information so I know that you can afford it type of thing. Yeah. Um, And so I was doing applications and pre-approvals at that point, but now that we're out of the thick of COVID and um, you know, yeah, it's, it's getting people in, reducing friction. You can do that screening after, like if you're, if you're self-managing, you have to be okay with going and doing several viewings, like get off your butt. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I want to go through questions here, uh, see if there's any questions. I know there was a bunch of comments. I know that uh, Jared in the in the comments is doing a big flex and, and posting his Wordle uh, results from today. <laughs> um, he did it in two tries. So congratulations, Jared. Um, yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> Courtney has a question. So um, on the Podbean app here, Courtney asks, how do you screen the ones that you aren't even going to show to if you book first and talk after? So yeah, once we once we book it and then we're asking them a couple questions after like, oh yeah, by the way, like when are you looking to move? Can you tell me about yourself? Like those types of things. And you find out like, oh shit, this isn't the person that I want in. Um, it depends on what comes up. Like sometimes at that point they're like, oh yeah, I'm looking to move um, on June 15th. And I'm like, oh sorry, we're actually looking to fill it for March 1st. I didn't realize that. Um, you know, I'll, I'll keep you and I'll, I'll keep you updated if it happens to still be available by that time, but I'm really hoping to fill it for March 1st. So, um, and keep in mind, as Wayne said, we haven't given them the address yet or anything. So all they have is a confirmed time and then we've started asking them questions. Um, so it's not like they're going to show up and be like, you said I could see it. (laughs) Um, Or sometimes we just determine that 
it doesn't seem like they're going to be a good fit. And in that case, sometimes I'll just make up an excuse that yeah. I'm really sorry. I'm actually not going to be able to make it out there today anymore. Um, just be a tomorrow. huge inconvenience. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to be able to make it out there anymore at that time. Um, I'll I'll keep you in the loop as to when I might be able to reschedule that, and then I ghost them. Yeah, <laughs> they get back to me like, oh yeah, sorry, no, I think I'm going to be there on Sunday. Um, not 100 percent sure yet, but you know, I can get, get back to you maybe Saturday night and let you know. Just yeah. be a huge inconvenience <laughs> because you never know what kind of things pop up. You know what I mean? They could say that they are, you know, on a. Uh, they don't want to move until June. Um, they could say I'm the lead bassist of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I actually have nine Satan's children. Lambs, and my whole band wants to move in, and this yeah. is supposed to be. We're going to use the garage as a as a as a as a jam. Or st- I just got station. out of jail, and um, I actually do have nine children that are going to be moving in as well. And one They're on my the way, baby mamas. And one on the way. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that makes sense. Like it's easy to just kind of to to kind of ghost at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's so like it it's it's kind of like just like they ghost us. Think of what how many people know show. <laughs> That's a terrible thing to say. <laughs> um it's kind of like putting an offer on a house and tying it up and then doing your diligence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't have to remove conditions. Right? You're not selling the place. Yeah. Good point. Good point. I'll yeah. follow them. Anyway, so that's what I've been up to. <laughs> Yay. My yeah. least favorite part of owning properties, for sure. Well, get Just used dealing to with it. the move outs and the moving ins and that kind of stuff. Um, but it happens. It's going to continue to happen <laughs> throughout the year. We do. We do a really good job, though. And that's why we have a hard time. We, we delegate some of it. We have delegated it. And then we've taken it back on. And, um, when things get busy, we delegate. Um, but when it's just one, it's like, eh. it's a really, really hard thing to let go of. Like, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Just because we're so particular in our processes to get somebody to do it the exact way that we do it and want it done is basically impossible. I'd sooner sell the property. Yes. And I, 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 I have, I have been selling some of our properties. And on the other end of things, like I think that I think I'd rather full on hire property management and just not know <laughs> than to just like hand off like filling vacancy jobs or like doing this and that. You know what I mean? Because at least you're just like out of it. Like you're not you don't see emails coming through. You don't know the discussions that are happening. Mm-hmm. You're just trusting that somebody's just doing it. I I think at Yes. You need I to think... remove yourself. If you're going to let go of a, of, a, of a task and if you're going to delegate, you need to remove yourself. Yeah. Um, I think at scale, it makes sense. Um, that if you, it's hard when it's individual properties and you're like, you're checking in on like monthly, let's say for example, instead of, you know, 30 doors, it was a 30 door um, or a 50 door um apartment building mm-hmm. then it's very easy to like check in on that apartment okay what's going on well sir we're at 95 percent uh of full capacity this month um we've got about um three hundred dollars in repairs on various units yeah. you know what i mean like it's it's at scale an overview, it's, yeah. it's an overview and then you can hold someone accountable to that position to be like okay well let's get those repairs down uh to at least under two hundred dollars or you know no more than one percent of this um, you know, per year and kind of look at it as a business as opposed to, okay, let's go through these, uh, 20 properties. Okay. So this property, we just had a tenant move out. Um, they did a midnight move and now it's been vacant for a month and a half. (laughs) Uh, we had to repaint the whole unit because, um, it's much more emotional. Yeah. It's, it's way more like, and you're like, well, why did you let that person in? You know what I mean? Yeah. It depends on what scale that you're at. Yeah, totally. So, um, I think early on, I, when you're getting started, I think it's inevitable. I think you have to deal with it and then choose whether you want to hire a property manager or not. There's only so many property managers in each market. And um, though I really like, and I've met personally, the property managers in our market, they do not do it 
to the level, of, like to our standards, to yeah. what we do. Well, they're, and I'd they're also them. dealing with scale. Like they're dealing well, with exactly so it. many properties, they're so many scale. tenants. So they, they, they can't operate the way that yeah. we operate. They can't yeah. write the emails like I write the emails to get the outcome that I want. Yeah. They're treating it like a business and that's the problem. Yeah. And because we don't own all of those properties that they're managing, I can't. Yeah. Because I'm looking at it as an individual, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, Ryan asks a question that he actually asked yesterday, and I think we forgot to get to it. <clears throat> or maybe we ran out of time. Um, so he says, uh, have you ever had people try to negotiate rent when filling a vacancy? Yeah. Um, yeah, all the time. And no, we do not entertain it. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, for me, we we don't ask for outrageous rents. We ask for market rent. We don't give our properties away for below market rent because then you need to try to get it back up and maybe they are great tenants but eventually you're going to have to increase the rent on them which i don't want to do unless i have to and so i will always go in at fair market rent and make sure that i am where the market is i'm doing my research every year to make sure that i'm not losing money or being outrageous <clears throat> and and not being fair to possible tenants so to me, if somebody is looking outside of their range and asking me to negotiate down, that's just, I don't know. I don't entertain it. I don't go there. Why? I, I just say, I'm i am sorry. This is, um, we're offering fair market rent and we won't be um, reducing the rent. Me, Thank I would give a much interest. snarkier remark. Um, Why? Is it, is, it, is it because of affordability? Does it not fit within your affordability? No, it does. I just want something less. Or they say, no, actually, actually, it's be yeah, you're absolutely right, because I can't afford that rent. Like, okay, well, if 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 that's too tight within your affordability, then I don't think the suite's right for you. I've actually, um, I have asked before when they've said that. I have said, um, what what can you afford? And they came back saying $200 less than what I had it listed. Like, are you freaking kidding me? Hell no. Yeah. <laughs> like now you're just insulting me. <laughs> yeah. A lot of times the, I, I I think to be honest, it's just a, it's a negotiating thing. I want to get the best price possible. And they think that they can do that with rent, which, you know, maybe sometimes people do in desperate situations, but we talked about authority a lot yesterday and yeah. ma making, making sure that you maintain a good position of authority. Yeah. So you that... just, you just caved on their first conversation yep. before they even, before you even approved them, you caved and reduced the rent. Think yeah. they're going to ask for another reduction in six months. Yeah. Yep. Right. It's yeah. so, it, yeah, we, we did a good explanation of that yesterday. So, mm -hmm. um, listen to yesterday's episode and, and you'll get a better idea. Um, I'm going to go through a bunch of these questions and then we'll kind of get into that wholesaling thing. To be honest, the wholesaling question is, is, is probably not as long as this discussion. No, it's a quick one. Um, uh, but you know, I know that we got some good wholesaling experts on here today. Um, who know how to find deals. So I want to, I want to tap into their expertise. Um, I don't think there's been any other questions, Wayne. Uh, oh, maybe did I scroll past? Oh, I did. I, I scrolled a little too far and I was rereading an old question. Yeah. Oh, sorry yeah. about that. And um, yeah, Allison, those midnight movers. <laughs> like to go as long as we have with not having a midnight move and then to have two in a month was like... Grr. But at the same time, it was like also, well, it's funny because it also happened in like the two worst months of the year to have mm -hmm. vacancies, which is really interesting. Um, but has it really impacted us? No. And no. do you know why? Okay, so here's the thing. There's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. There's nothing we can do about both of those tenants. Why? One moved to Grand Prairie and the other one was deported to Cameroon. Right? Yes. So there's nothing we can do about them. Unless, of course, I want to drive down and serve someone in Grand Prairie. Or just try to find them in general and have hire somebody to serve them. <laughs> That's, uh, yes, she, she as, as far as we know, I'm just reading the comments here on mm -hmm. the pod being up. Yes, she did get deported. Um, all, everything. To our best knowledge, it points to yes. And even if she didn't, I don't know how to find her regardless. Yeah. Um, so we, we've, we've done some digging and some research and it, it sounds like it's actually true. Um, I think that, I, yeah, I, I, I think the only reason why we're kind of um, 
we're so impacted by the quote unquote midnight move is because one, it's never happened to us before. And two, um, we, we can't follow the same procedure that we normally follow when yeah. someone abandons their lease. Cause we have people abandon their lease, but we've known that yeah. they're doing it. Yeah. And you know, we, we find it, we're obligated to find a suitable replacement. We get in there, we clean it, we fill it. Yeah. Um, we tally everything up on the statement of account and then they, more often than not, they owe us a balance. Yeah. And then we file for that, you know, claim at the RTDRS. Well, we've also had them just pay us. Like some we've, have paid. Yeah, some agree to like, okay, yeah, I understand. And then they keep up on the payments. So, yeah, midnight moves aren't that bad. I mean, to be honest, it's it's way better than someone not paying rent and staying for three months and trying to get them out. Mm -hmm. Right. I prefer if they abandon it because it's I, I know the process of how to get my money back. Mm -hmm. uh, I know how to find them um to make sure that i can serve them but these last two ones we we can't serve them so it's like it's a cost doing business this one's just uh these last two are just it is what it is There's nothing we can do about it so we're not stressing too much about it mm -hmm. um if 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 i could serve the one person in grand prairie then i probably would um but i also know that they were self-employed so they i'm not getting anything from them yeah right so yeah. it is what it is it's just it's um in hindsight, could we have changed anything? Probably not. I remember making the decision. It was the best decision at the time. So yeah. um, because of that, because I can't change anything, I'm not losing any sleep over it. We move on. We lost a little bit of money, but we made a little bit of money as well. Mm -hmm. That's 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 part of owning a business. Yeah. Um, uh, Pete has a couple of questions. Sure. Can we get to them? Okay. Um, so first, uh, Pete asks here in the Podbean app chat with suited properties, do you try to keep the numbers of occupants as low as possible to keep wear and tear and noise to a minimum? It's mm, a good question. Um, yeah. And of course that makes <clears throat> sense and is always ideal, right? So if you have like a couple who comes in to view it and they want the main floor suite, like that's always like, Ooh, if they qualify, hell yeah. That would be ideal. Opposed to if they come in with their two or three or even just one or even pregnant, um, you know that there's going to just be extra noise that may cause friction between the two suites. But it's a three-bedroom main floor suite. What do you expect? Like it is basically for a family, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so you- Three kids though? Okay. So his next question oh, is, sorry. or do you accept families with three kids? <clears throat> A three bedroom, one bathroom place. What is your ideal candidate? Yeah. Mm. So three kids is over the top. It's a stretch. Yeah. It's a stretch. We have had three kids and a single um, mom in one of our suites who stayed for older, five years and they were great and never had noise complaints. But yes, they were slightly older. I remember meeting them though. Yeah. You remember meeting yeah, them and how kids. like how intelligent yeah. They were. Yeah. <laughs> I remember specifically because I was so blown away by like how intelligent they were for that age. Yeah. And respectful. Yes. Yeah. So, and that's another thing, just judging on like if, if they walk in and the kids are literally bouncing off the walls, screaming, having sword fights in the empty living room while you're trying to do a viewing. We've had those then too. Then you probably don't want them, even if they are highly qualified. Yeah. So it's a lot of just making judgment calls based on the situation. But keeping in mind that a three-bedroom main floor suite is basically built for a family. Mm -hmm. And so your, I mean, your ideal situation is always, yes, the fewer amount of people, the less noise there's going to be, in theory. Mm -hmm. Some people are louder than others. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yes, if you can find that and you have a pool of people who are interested in, in it that are qualified, pick pick the best situation, yeah. but don't turn away a family's like, <clears throat> you're going to, you're going to seriously reduce your pool of prospective tenants. If you're just like, Nope, no kids or whatever. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that kind of answers that, especially. Yeah. If, and also if there's one bathroom, you know that they're not picking an ideal house for themselves as well. If they have two adults and three kids in one bathroom, probably not the, the greatest spot for them. <laughs> yeah. Josh says now he feels attacked. <laughs> you know we can't get through an episode without yeah offending without offending people. somebody <laughs> man oh man first wilson now josh <laughs> yeah i possibly attacked robbie a little bit yesterday and you i'm sorry wayne <laughs> a pinch <laughs> 
Ryan asks, what, what's your go-to response for unsuccessful applicants? Ghost them too? Or do you respond? Uh, now I feel attacked, Ryan. Uh, what's your, for unsuncessful <laughs> applicants? Well, here's the thing. You got you to tiptoe around that. Yes, you do. Um, you human cannot rights. Di- yeah, human rights. You can't discriminate. Um, so with that being said, uh, you never, never say why. Yeah. Uh, do you want my go-to, Wayne? Yes. Okay. So if, if I'm going through applicants and actually I just, I just had this, um, not too long ago, um, I had somebody who really wanted it and was like almost harass messaging me like for updates and just like, dude, chill out. Yeah. And, um, I just finally, because I was like, okay, now I'm just stringing him along. I just need to shut him down because I was, I was literally still going through applications. Like it wasn't that I was just like ghosting him or trying to ghost him i was literally processing like four or five applications so i needed time and um so eventually i just said to him that um i've been i've been processing all these applications i have a couple highly qualified um applications Mm -hmm. that i'm going to be moving forward with um doing my further due diligence on i want to thank you for submitting your application and i wish you the best of luck in your search Okay. So it was just saying thank you, but I have some other like some other really solid applications that I'm going to be moving forward with doing my due diligence on. Go away. Right. In a nice way. Right? Right. So I didn't tell him why they were more qualified than him. I didn't tell him anything, just that his wasn't quite as good as the other ones that I'm going to be moving forward with. Okay. I didn't say that I chose somebody. Because that's another thing. If you're like, sorry, we've picked somebody else and then you're still advertising and they can still see your ad popping up, yeah. then you know what I mean? Then they might come back and be like, you said you were going with somebody else and I still see your ads here. And then they just like, then you need to deal with those messages coming through. Mm-hmm. So that's typically how I try to handle those. Um, okay. Sorry, we're just reading. Yeah, the sorry, lots of comments. Uh, yeah, <laughs> for those uh, people who listen to the recorded versions, like, why do they just go yeah, quiet? Why do they just? Stop uh, no, we're just talking. reading. We're just reading comments here. This is this is the great the thing beauty. about this uh, this 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 live platform is that um, you know you can get involved in the conversation, and uh, also at the same time you can listen to it while you're driving. Yeah. Right. Um, we had Kathleen call in yesterday. I'm pretty sure she was driving. Walking. She was, she was walking. Walking oh. to the bus. I oh. can tell. Oh, nice. <laughs> but you know, we've had people call in as well, you know, and you your drive in and while you're brushing your teeth. It's, uh, it's, 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 in my opinion, uh, the greatest way to start your day if you're a real estate investor. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you want to get into, uh, get into the wholesaling thing? So, uh, one of the, like I said, I, I put out a, uh, a message on social media yesterday asking, you know, what does everybody want, uh, us to talk about? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we could continue talking about our day. We can talk about the flip that we have coming up next week. Um, we can talk about the flip that finally sold yesterday. A day late. A day late. We can talk about that process <laughs> and stuff like that. We'll kind of get into that. There's always things we can talk about. There's so much stuff going on. Um, there's probably a million things I'm not even thinking about that we have going on as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but we could we can always keep you up to date with that. But at the same time, I want people to, to, to get their questions answered um, or to discuss topics that are relevant to what everybody's working on. So someone reached out and said, um, how do we go about, you know, wholesaling in a hot market? And I believe this person, I'm trying to remember, I think this person was in Calgary, which Calgary is experiencing a hot market for the first time in a very long time. Edmonton's getting uh, a lukewarm market um, for the first time in a very long time. So it's kind of, it's catching people off guard. I mean, the rest of Canada, major cities have been dealing with this for for years. Um, so what this, this listener wanted to know is that how do I, is this wholesaling still possible in a hot market or is it only possible in a flat to negative market? Mm -hmm. And I wrote down a few notes and if you guys are, if, if you're finding deals, um, if you're listening live here today, um, and you're and you're finding deals actively or you're wholesaling, you know, please get involved and and please feel free to call in with your thoughts on it. But here's my thoughts on it. And this is a lot a lot of the stuff is what we learned from from Barry McGuire taking his courses, mm-hmm. right? From yeah. Rapid Cash. 
Um, and I think experience, not that we're wholesalers, but like a lot of these questions about when strategies work and when they don't yeah. comes through, like we have experience in kind of a lot of the different. Yeah. You need to, you need to have a good understanding of, of how market cycles work and what works um, during, you know, specific um, parts of the cycle. But wholesaling is just always one of those ones that will always work. It just depends on, um, you need to be solving a problem, right? That's what you need to be focusing on. Um, you're, by, you're solving a problem for someone when you're doing wholesaling. Typically, what you're going to be focusing on with wholesaling is you're going to be focusing on getting something at a very reduced price or a quote unquote deal. You want to get something at a very reduced price so that you can improve it with renovations or a cleanup or paint and then sell it for more. Okay. So you're trying to get it at a really low rate. So and with wholesaling, what you're doing is you're not doing the renovations yourself. You are selling this opportunity, this really good deal to someone else who is going to do those things. Right. So you need to package it up as a wholesale. You need to package it up in a nice little neat little um, product and say, I'm buying it for this price. Okay. It's currently worth this price. If you do this work to it, it will be worth this much. And if you sell it for that much, you're going to make this much profit. That's your job as a wholesaler. Mm -hmm. But what people are worried about is that when everything is going and selling on the first day on an MLS on the market and everything's selling for more than asking price, how the heck am I supposed to motivate someone to sell it at a huge discount Under, yeah. off market yeah. when it's so easy to sell on the market? Mm -hmm. uh, Jared's here. I'm going to, I'm going to let Jared pop in because I know Jared has a, a few good points. Um, just make sure that you either got headphones on or your, or your volume is a little bit lower. Yeah, I got my I got my volume down a little bit here. So, good morning, Jared. Morning. How are you guys? Fantastic. How about you? Not bad. Not bad. I'm uh, a little tired. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations on waking up early. Thank you. <laughs> so, wholesaling in 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 a hot market like this, you know, I personally, I'm I'm struggling however it isn't if it's not impossible because yes there are a lot of sellers with you know properties that need to be fixed up they're listing on the mls and it's selling for what they want or yeah. even more especially in calgary right now but the thing is you need to remember there's still going to be those sellers who are you know maybe they're hoarders or they have a house that simply doesn't show well and no realtor is going to take them on unless they pay them up front. And mm -hmm. really nobody, you don't want to pay or have to pay a realtor up front to sell your house. Right. So right. it's like you said, Wayne, you're trying to solve a problem. If no realtor is willing to take a property on to sell it on the MLS, then that's where you as a wholesaler come in because you don't give a shit what the property looks like. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and speed is another thing too, right? Speed. The fact that you can close fast and sometimes no conditions, no financing, you know, money in your hands within two to three weeks is very appealing as opposed to a realtor who wants you to go clean it. They want to go in and take pictures. You know, what do you think of the description for this listing? Um, do you have all of access to all these documents? And this is so much. And then you put it on the market and then people want to come through and they're like, I like it, but I don't like this color and everything else. And then it just takes so long and they lock it up for two weeks and then there's financing and then they want an extension and all these other things. So the, the, the we buy houses fast, yellow sign is very effective for people that just need out now right yeah oh yeah absolutely absolutely and, and i mean with the with the closing fast thing i mean you know especially in a hot market like this your sellers right now are having to go away for the weekend just so that the house is vacant because there are lineups to the sidewalk on showing days, on open house day, well, nobody's doing open houses right now, but 
Yeah. Houses are booked with showings from whatever, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. 40 booking, 40 showings in a single day. It's a little over exaggeration, but yeah, you get the point. And, and you know, if you have a if you have a dog, if you have kids, it's a huge hassle to have to. I mean, it it'll it's a hassle to some. Some it's like, oh, we'll get to go away for the weekend. Yeah, but you don't get to be in your house for a weekend. Yeah, it's uh, right? it could be it could be very um. Yeah, invasive. And, and, and again, like for most people, we're talking about this with the tenants earlier. What you're trying to do is you're trying to f- provide a seamless, fast solution. Kind of like, you know, like we were talking about with tenants, right? You know, let's get them in, sign on the line, let's, start it, let's be done with this because nobody wants to be dealing with selling a house for weeks. They just want to know it's done and they can move on because they've already made a decision on what it is that they want next. And part of that decision was, okay, we need to sell this house. The house has like, as long as we get this much money, they have a number in their head. As long as we get this much money, I'm good to continue on with this other decision and put everything else on autopilot. Right. Mm-hmm. So we just want to well, be done exactly. with it. We want to be yeah. done with the whole experience. No one likes selling. No one likes buying. They just want whatever that is that the outcome <laughs> that they're trying to get to. Well, that's the thing. Right. And, and even in a hot mark like this, um, selling is not a pleasant experience for some. For most, really, it's it's not something that's fun. The negotiating, the dealing with lawyers, the how, the worrying about closing dates. If you can come in as a wholesaler and and say, you know, you might be able to list on the MLS, you might not be able to list on the MLS. What I can guarantee for you right now is I'll take over the mortgage payments. You could walk away without having to deal with any kind of mortgages or paperwork or stuff like that i mean mm-hmm. i can make this process so seamless so easy so simple that you as the seller are going to wonder why you didn't do this sooner with somebody are you, are you dipping into agreement for sales here no never you just said take over your mortgage payments. <laughs> You're overcomplicating the topic. <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I am. Sorry. <laughs> different problem, different solution. But but that problem still exists, even in a hot market, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, That's something we can definitely talk about on another episode. On another episode. You got it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In a hot market where you want to sell, but then you find out, oh shit, I'm going to have to pay $20,000 or the mortgage penalties. I guess I can't sell. Well, yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for calling in, Jared. Um, you bet. It, it's, uh, it's always good to get an actual wholesaler's mm-hmm. perspective. Input, yeah. You bet, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Have a good one, buddy. I... Um, I wanted to add in as well that um, just because it's hot on, on, you know, let's say for example, this property is, is, is at market value, but it it needs a lot of work. It needs to be cleaned up. It's, it's at a discounted rate, right? Mm -hmm. Um, There's lineups for that property. Now, if it was renovated and you increase the value, Mm -hmm. right? But the spread wasn't quite enough is what you so let's uh, let's use real numbers. Um, say it's listed for 350. Realistically, you want it for 300. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you're gonna do $120,000 worth of renovations and it's gonna be worth five hundred thousand dollars afterwards. Okay. Okay. Now, if you bought it at 350 and it did $120,000 worth of renovations and it's worth five hundred, those numbers don't work. No. Nope. After you pay your re- realtor and you're screwed. You're not gonna make any money, okay? <laughs> But if you bought it at 300, there's potential you might make about 50 or 60, $70,000, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why like in most cases, a house that's the market value is 350. You should be able to get that off market um, or on market for 300, you know, just, just focusing on the things that need work and like the windows, the roof and the furnace mm-hmm. and all those other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but because the market's so hot, it's selling for 350 and those numbers don't work. 
homeowners are looking at this thinking that, oh, wow, if I just renovate this, it's going to be worth $500,000 afterwards. I get it at 350. Renovations are only 120. I just made Mm $30,000. That's that's limited homeowner thinking Mm -hmm. that they can renovate this and increase the value and they just made money. You as a flipper, as a business, it doesn't make any sense because you still have to pay for realtor fees. And that's who you're competing with. And that's who you're competing with right now. That's the problem. Um, so you can't put your normal $300,000 offer in there because it's just going to get beaten by a homeowner um, who, who just doesn't understand how mm-hmm. this works. Um, now, what if you bought it for three fifty, dollars and you did the $120,000 worth of work and it's worth $500,000 afterwards? Well, if, if they're overselling for $50,000 more, on the on the front end what what's to say that you can't list it for more at the end mm-hmm. with your end product and that's kind of what you know Gabby and I have been talking about a lot lately is that you know with this market and how hot it is it's only gonna it's it's it will increase prices just how much who knows you know what I mean yeah. I don't think it's gonna increase the the market values too too much um but even if it doesn't that doesn't mean that you can't list it for 530 mm-hmm and there won't still be a huge lineup of people waiting for it because it's a are good quality product yeah. and people are willing to pay it because there's nothing else on the market and that's a really nice house, mm-hmm. right? So even in a hard market, you can you can also, if you can't get the right numbers based off of today's numbers, just it's a speculation, but there's a very good chance that you should be able to sell it for more on the back end. Mm-hmm. And that, no, you got to talk to your realtor and you got to do your research right? On we what... just did that. What's that? Oh, yes, we did. On our townhouse flip. We, as everybody knows, we're very transparent. We overspent on the renovation. Wow, we went too, we went we too far. And how, how much over do you think we listed it at over market value? Are you asking me or are you yeah. asking the no, audience? I'm asking you. Uh, $20,000. $20,000. We're talking on a $200,000 market value townhouse. 205. We listed it at 225. That's like, that's a low purchase price, 200. And we increased it by $20,000 to put Mm -hmm. it on the market. What did we sell it for, Wayne? $19,000 over. How much less than what we listed? A thousand. $1,000 less. People were willing to pay for it. We got a couple offers in very close to asking price. Mm -hmm. We sold it for $1,000 less than listing price, which was $19,000 over market value. Yes. Now, Jared, uh, he called me out on it. He says, that's a dangerous game to play, speculating on our Oh, ARD. absolutely. 100%. Never. Yeah. Never just hope that that might be the case. Always make sure your numbers work at market value. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So that's kind of what I'm thinking is that, you know, maybe, maybe your spread is $50,000. I need to make a $50,000. Oh, he's calling in. Um, <laughs> and, and let me answer first before I allow you to... Uh... <laughs> Um, maybe your spread is say, (laughs) let's say, no, let's use different numbers. Let's say that your spread is $60,000. I need to see a $60,000 spread in profit Mm -hmm. on each deal to ensure that this, this, this deal works for me and in your deal. And this deal is only $30,000 or $40,000. And you're like, yeah, it's a little too tight. It's a little too tight for my numbers. But if you're in a really hot market, that gives me more assurance that this thing is going to sell fast. Okay. So it's going to, it's not going to be on the market longer. Okay. It's very likely going to get full asking price, which normally on a normal day, I'm not getting full asking price and probably getting $10,000 less. Okay. So you can take all those things into consideration where you can take a little more risk in a hot market because you know that it's very likely going to sell. Mm-hmm. Now, again, this is flipping and this there's always going to be risk, but I'm just giving you, I guess, a little bit of permission to, 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 to consider the fact that in a hot market, um, you can take those risks. Now, don't, don't, don't do an eight-month renovation because you don't know where things are going to be in eight months. But if we're talking like an eight-week turnaround, I, I feel very confident in an eight-week turnaround. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about buying something that just needs to be cleaned up, no renovation, just cleaned up, paint the baseboards, paint the walls, and replace some handles, that's a three-week job, mm-hmm. tops, right? You can quickly turn that and flip it fast, yeah. right? So you need to understand your market and, you know, it is a little bit harder to get those super good deals um, in a hot market because home buyers are coming in and they're making unrealistic decisions because mm-hmm. out of fear, out of Emotional. fear of missing out. Emotional. 
emotional decisions, but you know, just understand it and know that also they're going to be making emotional decisions on the, on your, on your, on your back end as well. Um, when you go to sell that property and if there's a really nice property, that's a really fair price, they'll be willing to pay either full market or a little bit more for the opportunity to get that home because they've been trying for weeks and they haven't gotten anything that they want and everything that's left on the market is garbage. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And they feel like if they don't do it, then interest rates are going to be going up in a few weeks because I heard about Bank of Canada increasing interest rates and, and there's nothing on the market. And if I don't buy right now, I'm never going to be able to buy. Remember, they're wanting a seamless, fast solution to what they want, and they want to buy a home. Yeah, there's, there's a there's um there's a theme to this episode today. I think is that people want things fast. They want it easy. They don't want to be spending. If they've been spending two weeks looking at houses, they're probably thinking, you know what? Screw this. I'm just going to buy this house. I know that people right now who are in the wholesaling game or in the flipping game, you are literally, I've talked to a few people and you know who you are that have like been trying since December to try and find a deal and they can't find a deal because the market's hot and there's nothing on the market. And they're like, maybe I should change my strategy. I just, I know, or maybe I should just, maybe I'll buy this house just instead just to get my feet wet. And I keep saying, stay focused, stay in your lane. Right. But you want it now. Anytime you make a decision on something, you want it now. It's it's, it's just we're humans. Mm-hmm. Um, we're impatient. So take advantage of the fact that there's going to be buyers who want it now that are going to be more inclined to pay full market or more. They're going to fight for it because they don't want to wait for another property to come on the market. They just want this done now. They want it done. Mm-hmm. They want to move, right? Yeah. Jared has a couple comments here. Um, yeah, so when we're talking about, um, flips, um, he says overestimate renovations, underestimate ARV, even in a hot market, if you underestimate ARV by 20,000 and it sells for 50,000 over that's $70,000 you didn't plan for. And if you have JV partners, they'll be very happy Yep. on the flip. If you speculate and estimate 20,000 over and the market turns and you sell for 20,000 under that's 40 K in the hole. Absolutely. Yeah. No, you need to know your numbers and you need to be, if that's, that's as a flipper, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And as a wholesaler, you, I mean, you want to put, you want to make sure that uh, you're not selling someone a bad deal. Yeah. Yeah. And you also need to have enough room in there for your fee. Yeah. Right. So as a wholesaler, it's a numbers game. You're just putting out offers all day, every day and wait until something sticks. So here's, here's a few other notes that I had about wholesaling in a hot market. Cause we kind of got into flipping there a little bit, which yeah. is, which is ultimately what you're selling as a wholesaler. You're selling a flip package, mm-hmm. buy this property, do this work to it. And it'll be worth as much afterwards. Um, here's another thing about sellers. Some sellers hate realtors. Yeah. Legit. Some people refuse to pay a realtor. No, and this isn't my personal opinion, but say things like, why should I pay a realtor to write up some paperwork? Why should I pay a realtor, you know, $25,000 to sell my property when I can just list it on 2% realty and only pay $10,000 and I can, I can take the pictures myself. What are they doing for me? I can do the viewings myself. I live here anyways. We're in a hot market. This thing will sell fast, right? A lot of people just, they, they, they don't like realtors. I don't know. Like some realtor made fun of them when they were a kid. I don't know. They got heckled by a realtor that was driving by. I don't know. Maybe something, something happened and, and they do not like realtors. And it's, it's more common people, than you, than you think. It, absolutely yeah, when you're looking at off-market stuff you'll find that a lot that's like they just come out and say like i'm not paying a realtor are you kidding me you're you not want, worth that money <laughs> well go go on kijiji or or wherever you um you look for um private real estate listings okay call up a listing that says for sale by owner and ask them why aren't you using a realtor and you'll find <laughs> out exactly why yeah sometimes they just can't afford it but yeah well those oh, are fantastic yeah but nine times out of 10 is someone says, well, I'm not paying a realtor. Why would I pay a realtor when I can just do it myself? I save myself $20,000. There are people who are not willing. And, and those are the people typically that 
you know, that thing will sit on their market for, you know, 30 to 60 days and then they get fed up. And if you can get them at the right opportune moments when they finally give up and they're like, oh, maybe I better hire a goddamn realtor. Oh, screw it. I just won't sell. I'm not dealing with this anymore. But if you find them right at that moment where they made a decision to give up, you could be that that lifeline that they're looking for just to be done with it. Yeah. Right. And that can either be by calling them and staying in touch with them and just constantly being in communication with them. That could be the yellow sign that they happen to pass around the corner from their house on the way home from work every single day. And then they finally say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm, I'm going to call them. Mm -hmm. I'm going to see what this is all about. Or that letter that you keep putting in their mailbox every three weeks. Oh, God. I mean, I'll just call this thing and see what they say, see what they offer me. You never know. You might catch them on the right day. You can't just put out marketing one time and expect people to just just to keep it in their wallet and then call you when they're ready. No, they throw it in the recycling. You got to keep hitting them, hitting them, hitting them, right? That's marketing. You want to be in their face at all times, right? Definitely. Um, so that's one thing. Some people just hate realtors. Uh, the other thing is uh, you can, sometimes they're just confused about realtor fees. Um you could say, hey, I'll save you $20,000 and we can do this thing privately and you don't have to pay realtor fees. Yeah. And then eventually, like, you, you kind of negotiate your price in there and it's a little bit cheaper and everything else. So um, you can kind of use that as a, as, a, as a negotiating thing. But realistically, you're still getting it cheaper because it's not going on the market. So. Yeah. Um, or you can go back and say, hey, how about, hey, how about we split the difference? Since yeah. you're not paying realtor fees, um, you're saving $30,000 or $20,000. How about we split it down the middle and just take $10,000 off 10 for me, 10 for you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, we each save money. Sound good to you. And that might be a great way to find something off market. Definitely. Lastly, um, I think this is all I got time for today. Um, dealing with a seller directly as opposed to through a realtor can be very beneficial for both a seller and a buyer. Because if you've ever tried negotiating through a realtor, you have to tell the realtor exactly how you want things said or written or done. And then they have to tell the other realtor yeah. and that realtor has to tell the, the seller. And that, if what's it called? I, I don't know if this is politically correct anymore. <laughs> then don't say it. The telephone game, basically where you, uh, you, you say something and then that person tells it to the next person, that person tells it to the next person, that person tells what it to the next person, then what does it end up, person, the end up, the end up as? Yeah. It's never what you intended. Yeah. And a lot of times what you're trying to, the outcome that you want is tone. You yeah. want it in a specific tone to get the outcome that you want. And it can tone can be diluted and distorted uh, as it goes through different channels of people. Yeah. So if you can be directly with the seller and listen to exactly what it is that they want, you can ask them, hey, so why are you selling? Hey, so why aren't you using a realtor? Why are you moving? How did you lose your job? Oh, shoot. You have three kids? I have two kids. Mm -hmm. Right. Those kind of questions where you can build a connection with them. Mm -hmm. You don't get that through realtors. Yeah. So you might be able to, if you listen and you ask the right questions and you don't do it offensively and you're not too intrusive, you might be able to really find out what it is that they, that the reason why they're selling and you might be able to solve that solution more creatively. Yeah. Jared talked about a game for sales, obviously, which is one. Um, another thing is just like focusing on, you know, um, whatever it is, it could be anything. It could be, I need to move right now. It could be, I don't need to move right now. I'm just testing out the market. Just listen to what it is that they say. Mm -hmm. You know, we knew that, you know, through this last one that, um, their big, though, though our timing wasn't correct on it. The reason why this, this seller on the, on our new flip came back to us was because, the other one that they accepted, which was less, sorry, which is more money than what we offered, they put it under conditions and then they didn't remove conditions because of financing and, and whatever, home inspection. Okay, it was a home buyer. So they wasted time for them. Then they had to put it back on the market. At that particular point, they're like, oh, screw it. We're done with this. Let's just go with this other one because these guys, Wayne and Gabby, are putting a $50,000 deposit, which is a big deposit, mm -hmm. right? Compared to everybody else doing five. They said they can close in two weeks. There's no conditions, no home inspection, no yeah, financing. They done. have cash. I looked them up on Facebook. They have an investing podcast. They have lots of properties. These guys are the real deal, right? Yeah. So 
that just gives you an example of like, we did that through MLS because we had a little bit of Intel uh, and then they were able to get a little bit of Intel from us. We told a story, but if we were speaking directly with the seller, I could have had that done yeah, significantly sure. faster and I could have got them to accept my offer. Yeah. Right. If I had the opportunity to. So if you were, again, wholesaling, there's always a huge benefit by having the ability to talk to a seller directly. Yeah. And, and you can get super creative. Yeah. You can listen to what it is that they're saying and you can, you can, um, configure your offer exactly how they want it and make sure that you guys can create a win-win and it, when it's personable, when it's in person, you can, you can always make it a win-win mm -hmm. and justify more. So, yeah. um, yeah, wholesaling is, is definitely still possible, uh, in a hot market. Uh, there's plenty of people that are doing it in Ontario, for example, that have been in a hot market for years that mm -hmm. that are very successful yeah. most of your your heroes on youtube uh who are wholesaling are doing it in hot markets um they just they know how to do it they know how to they have good marketing machines uh they know how to negotiate they know how to listen to sellers they know how to write offers it's a business yes it's a business if you're just trying to do this passively and you think okay i'm going to spend ten thousand dollars i'm going to send letters out to the whole south side of calgary and hopefully they answer and you do it once, then no, it's not going to work. Yeah. It's a business, right? Yeah. So, um, all we right. Have, we're five minutes over. I just want to go through this all real fast. It looks like the, okay, Jared says the power of the follow-up, catch them at the right point in time. Yes, absolutely. You never know. They might just be, you know, getting some information, just calling you for, uh, I'm just curious what you'd be willing to pay, but they're not quite motivated yet. Oh my gosh, Zakaya. Sorry, can I read Zakaya's comment? Yep. Zakaya just got a contract signed because no one wanted to hear what the seller wanted. So I took him for coffee and found out that he just wants to be able to plant potatoes. Fuck. LOL. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? He just wanted to be heard. Boom, done. Signed you know contract. how many stories I hear about? Like Barry McGuire says this all, all the time. You can never predict a seller's motivation. Yeah. You can never predict it. Yeah he just wanted to plant potatoes yeah uh emmanuel green which I, I don't think he's he's on today um i remember he did a he did a picture here or a video a little while ago on instagram and um he had a seller that same kind of thing he'd just been following up with the seller for ages and uh very lonely guy yeah. and 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 just I don't know if he ever turned this into a deal or whatever, but he went above and beyond just checking mm -hmm. in on this guy because he didn't have many friends. Mm -hmm. And then on this guy's birthday, apparently he didn't have anyone to come and say happy birthday to him. So Emmanuel went and bought him a cake and candles and, up, yeah. and sang him happy, showed up and sang him happy birthday. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So Zakaya's doing the exact same thing. Like you're going out of your way and sometimes you got to get creative. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Don't just send out letters and expect people to call. Okay. You gotta, you gotta get, if you want the deals, that's, that's how you get them right there. That's, that's crazy. Congratulations to That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. And where was that? In super hot Calgary. Calgary. There you yeah. go. Assumably. Maybe on outskirts. Maybe, maybe yeah. not. Okay, okay guys. guys. Uh, gone way <laughs> over. I've gotten 12. Jinx. Uh, I've gotten 12 wrap it ups. I haven't done a single wrap it up. Not one today. Don't throw me under the bus. I could see it in your eyes. No. <laughs> in in the eyes. city limits, he says. That's okay. amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, um, I, I almost, just because it so naturally comes out, I almost just said, love you guys. Well, wait, I do. I love you guys. Oh, Thank you for being here wonderful. today. Happy Thursday. <laughs> we'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.